Hello, and welcome back to the Shit You Don't Learn in School podcast. This is Calvin Rosser. And this is Steph Smith. So today we're going to talk about one of my favorite cognitive biases, the fundamental attribution error. We're going to talk about how it impacts your relationships and how you can mitigate its downside effects. Okay, Calvin, what is the fundamental attribution error? So I'll start with an example and then define it. Let's say that you're driving on the road and you see someone who's driving really quickly and they look really angry and you just deem they're driving irresponsible. You may just get pissed off and be like, this is a horrible person. You could be right, but you also may be missing some context, which is this guy is in panic because he just got a call that his wife got in an accident and may have only 30 minutes to live. So he's trying to see his wife for the last time. How this relates to the fundamental attribution error is that we have a tendency, it's our bias to associate people's behavior with their personality and not the external events in their life. So if we see a mom who's angry in the grocery store or a dad who's angry at their kid, then we assume that they're just an angry person. We may not be considering that they just lost their job or found out that their grandma had cancer. Why this is important is because when we're forming first impressions of people or we're choosing who we want to go build relationships with, we may develop inaccurate views of people and be less willing to interact with people who could be really positive forces in our lives and be very additive just because of this tendency to take behavior on the surface and associate it with someone's personality and not what's happening in their lives. Does that work the other way where you are more willing to be around people who are at least seemingly positive in your first interactions with them, but that may not be the resounding case for them? Yeah, that's really interesting. Actually, I'd never thought about that. But yes, it definitely works the other way where you may end up getting involved with someone who is a charlatan who can lure you in with the first couple of hangouts with them. And maybe it's really exciting and intoxicating. This reminds me of relationships. People fall in love and end up in these what seem like very exciting relationships for a month. And it turns out that the person is just a complete disaster afterwards. And if you accidentally had a kid with them or something like that, you may actually tie yourself to someone who is really disruptive to your life in the long term just because you got lured in by just some initial intoxication. So I feel like there's lots of biases in life and it's important to be aware of them. In general, we want to be less biased compared to more biased. But with this one in particular, why should we care? Yeah. One thing with biases, I love them. They're just the code that our brains run on. And some people have them more than others. And the problem is that you can't actually change the code, but you can do little hacks to maybe short circuit the breaker and override them in cases where it's unhelpful. So where I like to focus with biases are what are the practical implications? In the case of the fundamental attribution error, I think it's most poignant in preventing you from developing relationships or building deeper relationships with people. And that's just because your perception is being clouded by a limited source of data, which is people's behavior. And if you just associate that with who they are, then you're really not giving people the benefit of the doubt. This is why, by the way, people say first impressions matter. And that's because we form these first impressions and we assume that is who that person is. I know when I was earlier in my life, I often gave people the wrong vibes per se. Like I think I was a little standoffish and I was perceived as maybe a little bit quiet or just something that certainly didn't help me continue to build relationships with people. But then you get to know me and I open up and maybe I have some charisma and I smile and do the things that people enjoy to be around. But often I wasn't given that second chance. And that's why I think it's really important is because you can open your mind to the fact that people may, when they first meet you, just be having an awful day and they're really a great person. So maybe you can give them a couple more chances. I'm just curious, have you ever formed an initial impression on someone and then later reversed that? Or even maybe you had a good relationship with someone and, and then it went sour and then you reverse that again? Absolutely. I think 
I've formed so many first impressions of people and probably the same thing people have formed them about me and they haven't been correct. I was just trying to think of particular examples where I probably jumped to conclusions too quickly. I think there's even simple things where maybe people will find this silly, but I have sad resting face. Some of my friends have, as people would call, bitchy resting face. And I remember even in high school, one of my friends, everyone just, this sounds silly, but they thought she was a bitch because of her face, which sounds crazy. But there are certain assumptions that we make about people. And even people around me will always be like, are you okay? Or I think they think I'm like sad all the time. And I'm like, no, that's just my face. If people are making assumptions just based on like the structure of your face, you can bet that they're going to make assumptions based on the first things that you say to them or what someone else says about about them that may not be actually rooted in truth, which makes me just realize that we probably all are judging each other in ineffective ways. So this is important to know, but what are the ways that we can combat these biases? There's two just general principles that I think have worked really well and they're not perfect, but they've helped me. The first is to seek to understand, not judge. What this means to me is that we naturally judge other people. You really just can't stop yourself from doing that. But What I find is that my first impressions are often wrong. Sometimes they're right and you do have to listen to them. But instead of listening to them, I try to understand how someone has come to behave the way they do or believe what they do. I think a good example is in politics. So if I hear a political belief that I think is extreme or just totally wrong, I have this initial gut reaction like, how did this person get to believe this? They're crazy. Instead of saying that, I ask them, how did you come to form that conclusion? And then that often leads to them talking about where they grew up or what they believe in or what they care about. In doing that, you may end up still disagreeing with this person. You may end up shifting their beliefs in a different direction. But most importantly, you end up understanding them further. And often that helps you develop empathy and compassion for how they came to be the way they are. And you're not just judging them based on this belief or initial behavior because you come from that point of understanding. So that's the first one. I think about all the ways that we judge people, even once we get to know their perspectives and they've even communicated them to us. But what we don't try to do is understand why they got there. So without getting too political, you may be liberal and you may disagree with a Republican, but what you probably haven't done is try to understand how that individual got to that political perspective, right? That's interesting. You may not agree with them, but I do think that It's a good exercise to not just focus on the end state, but how someone actually got there. Let's just take one of the controversial examples, but let's say you're on the liberal side of the aisle and you think that anyone who voted for Trump is a racist and doesn't care about other people. What I think is interesting about in the politics example is I think you can still hold that belief, but then you go talk to actual voters or people who chose this guy and they may have voted for him because they just want to go hunting on the weekends and they think that he's the safest bet for gun control. And they're not actually thinking about like the full suite of issues that you care about. So you can still hold your belief, but then you realize, oh, this person is not giving their vote for Trump's like total moral character and his whole policy perspective. They just want to go hunting on the weekends. That's important to them. That's how they decompress. My point is that instead of diving into this us versus them philosophy and just writing off other people immediately, when you begin to ask them about things, you just understand them on a deeper level. And again, you may not want to interact with them or may not agree with them, but I think you develop just actually a more accurate view of people in the world when you do this. And if you just go into that binary thinking and form hasty judgments, then you end up in your own little echo chamber and don't get to know the ways that people actually form their beliefs and behave. Okay. So you mentioned that was the first way to combat the bias. What was the second? The second idea is 
for everyone you meet, just ask yourself, what can I learn from this person? So this has a similar effect and we could use the same examples, but I genuinely believe that you can learn at least one thing from every person that you meet, even if you think that person is just a disgusting person. I I come to an example. Uh, I went on a date like five years ago. The person within 10 minutes of me meeting her was correcting my grammar. And mind you, I'm not a perfect speaker or anything, but the person had corrected my grammar like three times. I thought that was pretty inappropriate for a first date and definitely didn't give me the right impression and wanted to end it there. But I asked myself like, okay, what can I learn from this person? So I started diving into why do you care so much about how people speak? And how does that relate to the way that you approach life and meeting new people? And we ended up hanging out for three or four hours and there was no second date. I didn't necessarily want that, but I did end up having a much more enjoyable time just understanding this person who just initially really put me off. I don't think that's necessarily the right approach in that situation. You could just leave. But it's one of the examples that comes to mind where I think it's cool to learn from people, even if those people are not excelling in the domains that you want. I, for example, love talking, if I'm in the mood, to Uber drivers and Lyft drivers. I've learned a ton about raising kids and marriages, including ones that fail, just by talking to people who have more experience in a domain that I don't yet have much experience in. And I think that's really cool. And that just keeps you curious and open-minded and continuing to learn and to remembering that people may not be perfect, but they may teach you something about the world. And if you close your mind to that, then I think you're just doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. It reminds me of Jeff Bezos has chosen to step down. And when he did that, or when that news came out, I tweeted something along the lines of Jeff Bezos is stepping down today. He worked on this thing for 27 years. What's something that you've worked on for 27 years, just really touching on this idea of what we talked about in a recent episode, how much work it takes to get to the top of anything. And he's the richest man of the world. You may hate that. You may think that he shouldn't be a billionaire. You may think that he treats his workers terribly, but sure as hell you can learn something from him. If you really truly think you can't learn something from a guy that ascended to be the richest man in the world, I think you're crazy. That's an extreme example where he happens to be the absolute richest person in the world, but any person knows something that you don't know and also can give you a certain new perspective that you don't know. So I totally agree with you that anyone who thinks that people are just black and white, good or bad, or this person is smart or dumb is, I think, missing out on the opportunity to learn from a lot of these people. Yeah. And admittedly, it's hard to do. I think we have a natural tendency. It might be called like the binary bias, but we put people in one of two camps and then the media and other sources often will get more engagement from readers if they create this us first them dynamic. But as we've talked about many times before, the world is in shades of gray. I just think that everyone is navigating the world the best they can. We all have good days. We all have bad days. We all have happy times. We all have depression. And so just developing a more compassionate understanding of people and not being so hasty to judge can allow you to avoid the trap of letting the fundamental attribution error prevent you from building meaningful relationships. And I think engaging in the world in a healthier way that allows you to learn and grow and just be happier with your interactions with other people. So I have a quick question and it is this idea of intuition where a lot of people will often say, I just like my intuition or my gut is telling me something. This person's not a good person or I'm really getting a bad vibe from this coworker or this person's up to something. Should we completely ignore that? Does that normally root in some of these cognitive biases or is there something to following your intuition? I absolutely believe in listening to your intuition. And the world is not just a place where you get data and make charts and make data-driven decisions. Like You can definitely get bad vibes from people. I think the advice here is just be a little bit more humble about how accurate your understanding of 
those vibes are. And particularly, imagine that you're in a bad mood. When I'm in a bad mood, I'm irritated by lots of things that otherwise wouldn't irritate me. So I actually may be the problem in that case, and it's not the other person. I guess in short, I definitely believe in the power of your intuition and your gut. I think that can tell you a lot of things and be a great signal. It's just one piece of how you might formulate your beliefs, though. And if you rely too much or too little on that, you may end up, again, forming inaccurate beliefs about the world and people. Okay. So what are the key takeaways of this episode? I think the key takeaway is that we have the fundamental attribution error in our lives. So if you see someone behaving in a certain way or believing something that you disagree with or you find off-putting, maybe try to find ways where you can question that belief if it's sensible at that time. Again, the two hacks that I have found is the principles seek to understand, not judge. And what can I learn from this person? One of those may resonate with you more than the other, and they actually are quite overlapping. But my advice for implementing them in your life, if you want to do that, is next time you feel yourself like really disagreeing with someone or getting very tense in a certain situation, step back and say, can I ask some questions here and learn a little bit more instead of reacting? The classic examples are politics and religion because people really tie those to their identities. So they feel extremely strongly about them and are really not that willing to change their opinions. But I think even in those discussions, that's where I often feel myself getting heated as well. I try to step back and say, how can I stay more neutral and learn something here? One little idea would be go to a political rally of the side that you don't agree with. Go talk to some people there. Go see what that's all about. And you may be just absolutely disgusted, but you may also see that everybody is, again, just navigating the world the best they can and may have different experiences than you and actually probably agrees with you on a lot more than you'd expect. Yeah. So just as a reminder, the fundamental attribution error is a cognitive bias to assume that a person's actions depend on what kind of person that person is rather than on social or environmental forces that influence the person. And the reason I read out that definition is just because I think this idea of what kind of person is like someone is an angry person, someone is a Republican, someone is something like you're grouping them into a bucket. I think that's just something we can watch for in grouping people, especially when we have limited information about them. So Steph, are you going to change any of your behaviors? I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Have I been on time more lately? Hard to tell. (laughs) Okay. Shall we end it there? Yes. This was the Shit You Don't Learn in School podcast. You can find me at StephSmithIO on Twitter. And you can find me at Calvin underscore Rosser on Twitter. All right. Thanks for listening. Till next time.